everybody. Hope you're doing well. It is Thursday, August 18th, and it looks like I'm, at, I'm still having a problem here. Oh, there it goes. Okay. It's Thursday, August 18th. Uh, just wanted to bring a quick cast to you with a couple of thoughts I've been tweeting out uh, over the last two days, and I thought I'd just bring them in a quick cast, kind of consolidate, add a little personality to it. But before I do it, I want to thank uh, our pals at Martin Vintage, martinvintage.com. Enter Boiled at checkout, get a classic uh, Purdue t-shirt uh, from a Purdue family. They've got some new stuff coming very soon. I've got, now I have promises from the ownership of the company and the founder of the company, same people. They they say they've got a new shirt coming and I will tell you about it as soon as I hear about it. Also, uh, eataj's.com. Head over to AJ's for a pint and to watch a game and to get some Italian beef or some uh, fried mac and cheese bites or a burger or whatever. When you're on campus, uh, whether it's for football or something else, it's eataj's.com and uh, head over to the restaurant. Say hi to the owners. Uh, great people. Anyway, hope your afternoon is going well. Mine's going pretty well. Pretty good start uh, to the day, really. It's 3.30, like I said. But um, I had a couple thoughts. First one is uh, Purdue is the Rodney Dangerfield of the Big Ten. They get no respect. And if you're over the age of probably 35, you know Rodney Dangerfield. If you're not, Rodney Dangerfield is an old stand-up comedian. Um, he's he's in a lot of he's in a lot of bad movies actually, but he's in uh, a really good one, Caddyshack. Um, and uh, he's the guy with the really big golf bag who's really bombastic. And his his bit would always say, "I get no respect." And if you've Tune him for me. I, I've, I've referenced him. I was never much of a Rodney Dangerfield fan when he was alive, but now that he's gone, uh, I talk about him all the time, and I feel like Purdue's that guy. Purdue has gotten some respect among uh, kind of the lesser-known channels in the media, whether it's smaller blog sites, things like that. That's great. Appreciate every bit of it. Uh, someone asked a question earlier today. Is it good? The Actually, The Athletic said Purdue's a team to root for and somebody to get behind which is awesome, uh, but uh, most of the time in this offseason, I felt like Purdue did not get the respect they earned last season, meaning what they came off of and what they got didn't add up to me. To this day, I still think Purdue should have been ranked at the end of last season. Nine wins, beat a lot of good teams, ended the season with a victory over an SEC program, um, everybody thought that was a done deal, I think, for Tennessee, that they would just come in, win at home, because it was a home game, um, all but a home game, being not far from, from where they were. And Purdue, Purdue showed up, showed out, even without their two players that went on to be drafted. And the funny thing is, not having those two drafted players, according to some, uh, CBS Cover 3 podcast specifically, they have a Big Ten uh, expert, and... Um, he thinks that he thinks that since Purdue lost Bell and Karloftis and then Wright was another one, he thinks that there's no chance of them uh, being all that good and they're going to struggle to get to 500. A couple things about that. One, shows this guy doesn't have any damn clue because the schedule is set up pretty well, in my opinion. Um, but you can you cannot be like me and think they're going to get 9 or 10 wins. That's okay. But to say they're going to struggle to 500, that's pretty disrespectful knowing – what we know about Purdue, and that is they've got depth in the defense, uh, specifically defensive line and on back. If you do any research at all, you can see that. There are a lot of proven commodities there. But the bigger thing, of course, is Aiden O'Connell. Okay, And this is the thing where why I chose him as the, the image for today's podcast. 
Aiden O'Connell is a damn good quarterback. I was wrong about Aiden O'Connell a year ago. I thought it was Jack Plummer's job to lose. He turns out so did Jeff Brom, like I said. Uh, but at about game three, Aiden O'Connell, I think, let's see. I think it was game three, Aiden O'Connell got the reins. Aiden O'Connell played in 12 games last year, okay? But really, in actuality, he played about 10 like a starting quarterback, I would say, because of the reps. Um, in spite of that, in spite of that, if you look at O'Connell's stats, O'Connell's damn good, okay? And another major, so we already mentioned CBS disrespecting Purdue, and now I'm going to give you another one, ESPN named its top 100 players, and it was talking about Heisman candidates, and but top 100 college football players. Aiden O'Connell's 89th on that list, okay? And 69th is Thorne from Michigan State. Quarterback, another quarterback. The funny thing about this, so I went and I, I scoured a bit, looked at some, some basic stats. And the first one, QB rating, uh, O'Connell is a respectable 15th last year. That's in spite of, I think, seven quarterbacks in front of him, um, going into the NFL draft in one way or another, either free agency or picked. And then uh, I think more than that are gone. But 15th, um, his, his QBR was 158.5. He was second in the Big Ten after C.J. Stroud. And no one, no one who watched college football last year is going to say C.J. Stroud is anything less than excellent. I don't think anybody will say that. I think saying C.J. Stroud is the front runner for the Heisman is fair. I think he's that good. Um, he beat out O'Connell in every single one of these categories, okay? But only in one category is there anybody else but C.J. Stroud and Aiden O'Connell in the top two in the Big Ten in these categories. Look at the next one. Completion percentage, O'Connell got, he hit his rhythm, especially towards uh, the fourth, fifth game when he was playing. 71.6% um, of his uh, passes were completed. That put him at, uh, let's see, I can't read my own handwriting, but... I think it put him in fifth in America, um, second in the Big Ten. Again, completion percentage. He was 10th in America, second in the Big Ten. Yards, he was 11th in America, third in the Big Ten. That's a big one to me because he didn't play that many games. Finally, TDs, he was 17th in America, second in the Big Ten. Aiden O'Connell deserves some respect. And um, he deserves it from the media. He deserves it from other fan bases. He deserves it from defensive coordinators. I hope he gets none of it. Also, on top of that... Um, I want more of this. I put it out there on Twitter, not because I'm trying to get the, the narrative changed. I want that narrative out there. Purdue fans need to embrace the underdog idea. Embrace the chip that should be on all of our shoulders. So should the team. And I hope they have, and I hope they do. I think Jeff Brom's a guy who lives with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I hope this team has that as we grow closer and closer to the Penn State game. That game's important. It's not a make or break of the season. I don't care what anybody says. I think they can lose that game and still have a hell of a season, historical season even. When I say historical, winning 10 games for Purdue, it's only happened one time in the program's history. One time. I think they can win 10 games. I think that would make it historical. I'm not saying they're going to win a national title. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to say they're going to win the Big Ten title. I'm not going to say they're going to go to Indianapolis. I think there's a damn good chance of them going, especially if they win nine games like I think they're going to. But nine or ten, I think, is a good, um, is a good prediction. Eight to ten, I think, if you want to give yourself some wiggle room, pretty solid if you look at it. Um, and that doesn't take them doing Herculean things, in my opinion. It just takes them doing what we saw last year and maybe getting a little bit better in a couple uh, places, specifically closing out games and doing it in a way that I think is more business-like will really matter um, because teams, if you let them keep crawling back into it, I don't think that's a good thing. Hopefully the depth 
does that. Hopefully the running backs do that. Uh, just recently in the last week, I don't think I talked about this in my last podcast, Coach Barclay said that this running back stable reminds him a lot of the running back stable with uh, Markel Jones and DJ Knox. That's high praise. That's a really, really good running back room. Um, that's, that would be excellent if they can be that. Um, other thing I wanted to talk about today, um, I was going to be relatively quick. You know, that's what I uh, pride myself in here at the QuickCast. Not really. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the TV deal. Some of the things we all knew were happening have been made more official. Um, it, the TV deal, the Big Ten TV deal, uh, stands that the Big Ten will make $7 billion with the contracts that were just signed and wrapped up. And if you want to know who is the provider, of course, you've got Fox is, is the anchor, I think, still, because Big Ten Network will still exist. But then around that, you have everybody except for the worldwide leader, except for ESPN. And that is a weird thing. Um, I think there's some bridges that need to be crossed, especially in basketball. How will games be televised? Uh, but that $7 billion is a massive number. Um, if you don't know this, Notre Dame is all but uh, wrapped up with their deal. They're going to stay independent. They're going to get $60 million. They were shooting for $75 million, and they're looking to make up that $15 million um, loss there or uh, discrepancy, if you will, um, with the away game contracts that they get. I don't know how that's going to work. But um, I hope Notre Dame stays independent forever. I hope it costs them lots of money. I hope their arrogance costs them lots of money. Um, and I hope when the music stops and whatever the college football looks like in five to ten years, I hope Notre Dame's arrogance is really close to their body and their independence is right there and they die on that hill. I've had enough with the Big Ten chasing after Notre Dame. They've done it two or three times, depending on how you're looking at it. That's two or three times too many. I don't care about Notre Dame um, joining the Big Ten ever, and I really rather not at this point. Um, I don't care about what it would cost the Big Ten. So I guess I'm going to be a little arrogant here too. But um, glad to see Notre Dame is happy and uh, by themselves like they deserve to be. So uh, that's about it. Uh, Nathan Anderson is here. He says, good afternoon, boy. Good afternoon to you, sir. My pal Jared Gallima. Um, he says, seeing that CBS notification was shocking. Six and six is, is so disrespectful. I'm liking nine and three, eight and four at worst. Jared, you and I see eye to eye, except for when we're in person where you see way over my eye level. Um, Jared's a good dude. He's a good friend of my family, good friend of my sons. But anyway, uh, Zachary Young says Peyton Thorne is a legit bum. Okay, Zachary, here's the thing. If we're going we're gonna to go into this, I, I, I don't know if I'd go as far as call him a bum. But I would say, if you're going to say a three-way race for who's the best quarterback in the Big Ten, C.J. Stroud has the, has the early lead out of the gates. I think O'Connell's second. And then, of course, I'd put uh, Tago Viola. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that name, that family name still. But um, in, out of Maryland, he put up big numbers. He didn't have anything around him. He did some O'Connell type of things where, um, I mean, he's much more mobile than O'Connell. But just... Very, very good quarterback. He makes big plays. He's a little bit sporadic, but um, still, very good quarterback. That, to me, that's the top three quarterbacks in the league. So, what, whatever. I mean, whatever to the media. I, I hope they keep disrespecting O'Connell. Josh Clark says, sick of Purdue not getting respect. But to be fair, we do it to ourselves because when we are good, we freaking lose. Well, Josh... Would you say they were good last year? I would say they were pretty good. I think nine wins is pretty good. Would you say they lost any games they shouldn't have? I would say they did not. So last year, they were pretty good. 
They rose to the occasion in big games on big stages. They did what they needed to do. When they had the eyes of the entire nation on them, I think I'd say it was two or three times last year, they did what they needed to do. And yet, Tennessee gets rankings in some polls. Tennessee gets respect. They get their quarterback in Heisman watch lists, and Purdue does not. And so why do I have the chip on my shoulder? Because it happens over and over and over. I appreciate what you're saying, Josh, on some levels, but this is a completely different Purdue football program than the teams you're talking about. I think the teams you're talking about probably go back to the Tiller days, I'm guessing. Because really, the Brom teams, they've had some okay, you know, kind of fun, spoiler-type seasons, but really haven't, a good, haven't had a good season before last one. Nine wins is legit good uh, coming out of that conference with that schedule. Um, Jared Gallimus says, going to be electric this year, I agree. And then Nathan Anderson, uh, Nathan Anderson again says, should have beaten Minnesota last year. Yeah, you beat Minnesota last year, Nathan. You got a completely different perspective on a lot of things, right? Um, number one, getting that monkey off Brahms back will be important whenever it happens. Getting the monkey off the entire program's back of beating Wisconsin has to happen eventually. It has to happen, and it hasn't happened yet. So, um, but yeah, it will happen. Sports are cyclical, but thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking in today. Uh, that's about all I had for you. I really just wanted to react to some of the media stuff because I thought this is so bizarre that uh, Purdue's getting this sort of treatment. I love it, and I don't understand it at the same time. Um, Theodore Berkey says, can't listen. I'm in a meeting, but I have to say that the money we just got uh, could lead to the big break, breaking, t- uh, breaking away from the NCAA and, playing, and paying players. So, Theodore, when you listen to this, you'll know that um, there's actually a story out right now that the 130 or 135 regents and presidents that got together this last week, I think it was virtual, I think it was a um, you know, streamed meeting, um, they've actually started talking about that. There's nothing official, nothing actionable yet, but the thing that we've all thought might happen soon uh, is starting to be talked about. So yes, it will happen eventually. Who knows when? But I think the thing that has to happen, I have a a group of friends we talk away from here, and we think that if that happens, you almost have the uh, AFC, NFC type idea with the Super Big Ten and the Super SEC really dividing the nation up that way. Or maybe it becomes something else, but then you need a unifying commissioner who's neutral to both parties to to oversee it. Uh, It's an interesting idea. I don't know in the long run, what's going to happen at this point. I think we're all kind of taking blind swings, guessing the way things will be routed. Man, it can go a lot of ways, though. That's Again, I'm scared of that, um, and I'm a guy who likes change, but it still bothers me. Um, Mark Garrity says the teams under Brom had to figure out what it means to win again. Last year maybe shows uh, that we have reached that point. Good point, Mark. I think, I think that Brom teams, though, have been pretty good with the never-say-die attitude. Last year, um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just haven't really thought of it that way. Um, I think the program obviously needed major rebuilding. The foundations had been shaken to their, you know, absolutely to their moorings. Like, everything was a mess when Hazel left, obviously. And it does take time to get things built back up. He won right away. Brown won right away. But it took a long time. took for, for Brom to get to the point where he actually had depth. Um, Purdue was stringing things together, was very, you know, had talent up top, but then down low, a lot of youth, a lot of guys that didn't really fit the roles. They weren't quite big enough. 
uh, weren't ready for the Big Ten. Just go look at this team on paper. And I, I, I've said this before. I want everyone to do this, though. If you're a Purdue fan, you'll sound really knowledgeable, and you don't need to give me credit for it. But go look at this team on paper, the heights and weights of these guys. That's the first thing. And the second thing I would say, go look at the depth charge chart experience. Many, many of these players on both sides of the ball have played a lot of downs. Not all for Purdue, by the way. But they've played a lot of downs. There is good depth here. The loss of... Uh, DeMarge Lewis hurt, it does. Uh, the loss of Garrett Miller hurt, of course. Anytime you lose guys that are penciled in on the two deeps or starters, that hurts. But it shows how much depth there is in that it's the world doesn't come to an end. Um, and uh, this is really fun to see. Depth is a big deal. So J Jeff Brom and company have done a really, really good job building this program out and it has taken time. So thanks for tuning in again. Uh, hope to talk to you soon. I really don't know when the next QuickCast will be. Uh, when it happens, though, you know, make sure you subscribe. Click, click the bell below. Click the subscribe button. I don't say that enough, but I'm told I'm supposed to do that. Give me a thumbs up if you would. I, I don't know if any of this stuff ever pays off. If you've ever dealt with your own YouTube channel, the constraints of making money from this are absurd. We have a couple sponsors right now, which is great. Um, for paying our web dues over at the boiledsports.com site. I don't know if any of this stuff works, but other people do it, so okay. My guess is YouTube wants us to do that, and their algorithm wants to do it, but it helps them get more traffic when you're being notified and annoyed that, hey, Boiler Dowd's gonna, he's gonna post and talk about nothing right now. So do appreciate you tuning in, though. So uh, have a great afternoon. Enjoy the weather if you're in central Indiana. If not, uh, go enjoy it wherever you are. And uh, God bless you. Hammer down. We'll see you.